You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Gotta put our egos to the side at all times. We cannot let that get between us. We can't have that be another story of amazing talents coming together and not making it work. We we can't we can't be a story like that. So um, continue sharing the spotlight with every with each other and, and be more than willing to share even more with each other. I think that we got to lean into each other more next year if we want to do what we say we want to do. That is Carl Anthony Towns talking uh, yesterday at the season recap for the Timberwolves. Welcome into the bonus scoop session, which has become a regular thing now on Tuesdays. Zolgad, Scoopmaster, Doogie, and of course, executive producer Declan Goff. Doogie, how much should we take from the Wolves' um, success there at the end of the season? How much do you think that can translate to 2021-22? And is there any reason why this team, if they keep this playoff system with playing games in place, shouldn't be able to at least contend for like the 10th or 9th position in the Western Conference next year? Well, I mean, let's be realistic, Judd. If next year at this time we're talking about the Wolves being 11th or worst in the Western Conference, heads should probably roll. Hmm. Now, circumstances can dictate certain decisions, right? Like if Anthony Edwards goes down with an early season-ending injury, that changes things. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the expectation entering every year is to be a playoff team. I talked to Glenn Taylor on Monday. Glenn tells me that every single year going back decades, we always have a gab fest before the season. And every year he goes on record saying his expectation is the playoffs, even though like Kurt Rambis's first year, we knew they weren't making the playoffs. But looking at the core that they have returning next year, yeah, they are a little bit handcuffed in terms of the cap. They may have the mid-level exception, depending on whether they have their top three draft pick or not. But they should be able to go the trade route to bring in some interior help, whether that's a four-man or a five-man. So the roster needs work. But, yeah, I mean, they absolutely should be one of the ten best teams in the Western Conference next year, Judd. And I fully expect, I mean, the play-in tournament begins tonight. I think that's here to stay. I would be surprised if that's not here next year. Mm -hmm. So, yes, the Wolves better be. I'm not saying – be the sixth seed, the seventh seed, but yeah, better be minimum the 10 seed. That absolutely should be the expectation. How much carryover there is from this year to the next? I mean, they had a really impressive finish. What was it, nine and seven in their last 16 games, as good a finish to a season as they've ever had, or certainly going back, you know, multiple decades. So there are reasons to be encouraged. I mean, heck, the beatdown they put on Dallas, we can argue whether Dallas was playing to win that game on Sunday, but the games against Utah, the recent win against Golden State, there are reasons to point to to say, okay, that's why I'm optimistic. I was among the reporters lobbing questions to Cat yesterday, still very informal because it was Zoom. Right. It was in person. 
And so it's a bit goofy in terms of, you know, can you even get a question in? I think I got one question in. That answer he gave wasn't to a question that I asked, but he was asked about essentially, you know, Ant and, you know, could this be Ant's team? I'm paraphrasing slightly, and that's the answer he gave. And I truly believe he was being genuine in that response because my question to Cat was, how irked are you at not being an all-NBA center? So it's now six years in the NBA. Cat has made all-NBA only one time. That was the year they went to the playoffs. So Cat gave the logical response, hey, a lot of, you know, Rudy Gobert and Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid making those teams, you know, three all-NBA teams, those will be the three centers in some order, probably Jokic team one, Embiid team two, Gobert team three. And don't get me wrong, those three are uber talented, but a lot of it is team success, right? Utah, number one seed. Philadelphia, number one seed. Denver, number three seed. So Kat said, hey, we need to win. You think about D'Angelo Russell, six years in the league. He's only been to the playoffs one time. So at some point, Cat and Russell will have that conversation that, hey, if we need to keep deferring to Ant more and more, you know, D'Lo started to adjust his role. D'Lo, and I've been critical of D'Lo. D'Lo was fantastic the last month or so. Look at the numbers. He was he was great. He was even engaged a little bit on defense. So I think at some point, Cat and D'Lo Judd have that conversation that, hey, if we need to defer to Ant, we will do so because it's time for us to get back in the playoffs. This playoff drought, it's just it's been too long. So, Dukes, as a lifelong Wolves fan and a person who has covered them now for a long time as well, um, do you feel different now? Because to your point, and you're exactly right, there have been so many stops and starts previously and optimism, and this is going to be the right coach or the right fit as far as players go. As we look at the construction now with with Gerson, with Chris Finch, with um, Ant and Cat, D'Lo, and that whole crew, do you feel the optimism is justified? I think it is, although I had a lengthy conversation, Judd, last week with Gerson, and I asked him, hey, it's one thing to make that leap from 15th place in the conference to 12th or 13th or 14th, maybe they ended up tied with Oklahoma City or maybe one went above OKC. So they jumped up a couple spots, right? The Thunder and the Rockets are below them. But Gerson admitted to now make that jump from 13 to 10, 9, 8, that's a much tougher jump, not just in terms of the teams, the number of teams you need to jump, but just in terms of just playing overall better, consistent basketball and to win that many more games. So Gerson admitted, hey, the leap we made is fine, but this next leap is going to be that much more challenging. But yeah, I mean, if you look at the moves Gerson has made, mm-hmm. he's hit on more than he's missed. He missed on Jarek Culver. If they can trade Jarek Culver this summer, I fully expect them to do so. Was the Ricky Rubio trade the right trade? I mean, they had a chance to make a big trade you know, before last season. Was that the right big trade? We can debate that, but I don't think that was a failure of a move. The Anthony Edwards pick worked out. Now, three or four years from now, we may say, you know what? Yeah, maybe he should have gone LaMelo ball, but I don't think he messed up that draft pick. I'm on record saying I would have taken James Wiseman, who I would not give up on, by the way. I still think Wiseman has a relatively high ceiling, but we've seen enough. He did not miss on Anthony Edwards. That was 
a solid pick. The D'Angelo Russell trade, we can debate that. But if we find out on June 22nd that the Wolves end up giving the Warriors pick seven mm-hmm. or pick eight, mm-hmm. I think we'll have a different opinion of that trade, that this is not more than a five-player draft. So if you're giving the Warriors pick seven, you got out from underneath the Andrew Wiggins contract. I don't know if we would look at that trade on June 22nd if the Wolves end up giving the Warriors that pick, pick seven, pick eight, as a failure. So maybe that's just right. that's that's indifferent, right? That's a tie, for a lack of a better way of saying it. Yep. Jalen Noel, that contract is a win. He can be a role player. Nas Reed is a role player. That contract, look at that contract with multiple team options. That is a win. So I'm just saying go up and down the list. Jaden McDaniels at pick 28. That was a win. I hear a lot of good things about Bolmaro, whether he comes over this summer or in a year. I think he's an intriguing prospect that they got at pick 23 in a transaction. So I'm just saying go up and down the list of moves he's made. Malik Beasley, three years, $42 million with a team option on that fourth year. That's not a ridiculous contract, even though he needs to care more on the defensive end. I still worry long-term about the Wolves' defense. That's where the roster needs work, Judd, mm-hmm. is on the defensive end. I think they can score with anyone in the league. Chris Finch, brilliant offensive mind. They need help on the defensive end. But when you look at the Beasley contract, the acquisition of Beasley, that's not a loss. I'm just saying, if you look at Gerson Rosas's body of work, he's now been in charge what? We're talking here on May 18th. He was hired just over, what, two years ago, right? Late April of 2019. So he's been in charge for two years. Judd, if you look at all the moves he's made, there's more hits than misses. So because of that, I do think there's reason for optimism. Plus, let me remind everybody, Judd, the bar is incredibly low. Like, (laughs) just get to the 10 seed, right? Like, all we want. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yes, that's my point. is, Is truly meaningful. Hopefully, it's plural, games. Yeah. But even game yes right like just give us give us a meaningful game so if you're playing in that 9 10 playing game a year from now or you know they're they're going to shift back the the calendar where we get back to you know some sense of normalcy so the play-in will really be like mid-april so 11 months from now if if the wolves are playing in that 9 10 game we will welcome that right like that's all we want is is to watch truly meaningful yeah basketball and i think what rosas in charge the Wolves can get to that point. So w- with the, the current cap situation, what can he do? Like as far as is there the freedom to bring in a player to help on defense? Is there an, an ability to make a move? Can he improve this team possibly through trades or signings that wouldn't be a superstar player by any means, but would at least be an upgrade at a position of need? There will be some opportunities. Let me start with the coaching staff. So David Vanterpool has a team option for next year. Chris Finch is going to make changes to his coaching staff. He wasn't going to do that in season, but those changes are coming. So who does he bring in to help coach defense? I just don't see David Vanterpool back. I think it'll be a mutual parting. They don't owe him any money. So, you know, hopefully David can – can find a, a good gig. I still think David has a chance to be a head coach one day, but I just I don't see the future here. In terms of player acquisition, talking to Glenn Taylor, talking to Gerson Rosas, both one-on-one conversations over the last few days, both acknowledged the trade route is way more likely than the free agent route. Now, if they do end up giving their pick to the Warriors, and at this point, it's what, a 
0.6% chance they keep their pick, Mm -hmm. top three. Mm -hmm. And so it's, do the math on that, whatever it is, 73% chance they end up giving their first-round pick in July to the Warriors. And again, lottery night is June 22nd. So what pick do the Warriors end up with? I'm telling you, if it ends up being pick seven or eight, that's not so bad in this five-player draft. But their cap situation will fluctuate based on that, right? Like if they end up with a top three pick, you know, think about the money that you need to commit to that top three pick. Now, don't get me wrong, Judd, that would be a win. If they can end up with Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, Evan Mobley, or Cade Cunningham, you do that every single day, right? Like if that's the big Wolves move this offseason, that will be a big-time win. But if they end up giving their pick to the Warriors with that 73% chance, yeah, they could, depending on – Some tweaks have the mid-level exception to use, but I'm just telling you, more realistically is they go the trade route. Rosas and Taylor both said that. Do they revisit talks with the Atlanta Hawks about John Collins? I wonder about that. Now, he's due big money, but if you could send out Ricky Rubio's expiring contract, maybe another contract, maybe you free up, you know, that Malik Beasley money. You know, it's not like they're completely married to Malik Beasley, even though I told you that contract is, is far from a loss. But that's where they have some they have some trade flexibility. There might be some other names out there. Think about all the free agents they pursued last offseason, like Derek Jones, like Jay Crowder. There were a bunch of guys. You know, so do they do they revisit, you know, some of those some of those talks? Now, you know, PJ Tucker is another guy that's on their radar. You know, what is what is PJ Tucker's future now that he's in Milwaukee? You know, does he end up, you know, re-signing in Milwaukee? You know, would he come here, you know, for, for you know, maybe less than the mid-level? You know, if he's got options, P.J. Tucker at 36 years old, I just don't know if he's choosing Minnesota. If he's got comparable offers, it's just hard for me to see P.J. Tucker choosing Minnesota. But sure. there will be a bunch of guys that I'm sure as the weeks continue here, as we get closer to the draft lottery, some more names will emerge. But they've had trade interest in – John Collins previously, they've had trade interest in Aaron Gordon. Not that I think Denver is trading Aaron Gordon, but there will be some names that that they will pursue. They clearly need inside help. Rosas did tell me, Judd, that he believes that Cat, maybe not for a full game, but Cat is plenty comfortable guarding opposing power forwards. I've always said, other people in the league will tell you this, you are who you can guard. On offense, it's very much positionless. Yeah, But it's it's who you can guard. On the defensive end, Carl Anthony Towns can move his feet well enough that he can guard opposition fours. And I'm not, again, I'm not suggesting for 42 minutes a night, but for 20-something minutes a night, mm-hmm. he can do that. So do they look to bring in a five-man? You know, do they do they pursue a trade for somebody like Miles Turner of Indiana? That would be an interesting name, maybe a name that that I would keep an eye on. So there's just there's all sorts of different possibilities, but clearly the number one target mm-hmm. this summer is to bring in some interior help. Back to what Cat said, Dukes, and I think it's pro it's probably true. And if so, I think it might be the best that Cat has been positioned overall as a Wolves player since he got here as the first overall pick. And it's this: it seems to me that the pieces of the puzzle as far as the most important players here for the first time fit together really well because and I'm talking on and off the court 
Ant's a sort of a dominant personality type, and he's young, but he's he's articulate. He is funny. He seem he seems to thrive in the spotlight. Which Cat's taken the spotlight, but I've ne- I'm not sure he loves it. Okay, so it does seem to me that that there is going to be now potentially an order of of things off the court as well, which is Ant is sort of the face of the franchise. People uh, gravitate towards Ant. He's a funny guy. He's a good guy. Cat uh, then can fit in very comfortably second. And if D'Lo is comfortable being third, this never worked like this before. I mean, Butler was supposed to be the alpha, but he was just a raging jerk. And the problem there was he alienated Wiggins and Cat so quickly. Um and it seemed to me that then that didn't work. But Andrew wasn't going to be that guy because he really didn't enjoy basketball, I don't think, and especially the spotlight. Do you agree, unless somebody decides that they don't like it and egos become a problem, that this is a really good fit now for Cat as far as sort of slotting into to a role with the organization that he's comfortable with? I agree. You know, 2015, after he gets drafted, I mean, those three, Levine, Wiggins, Cat, were just too young to establish yeah. any sort of pecking order. Yes. 2017, you're right, Judd. I mean, I would argue if Jimmy and Cat could have found a way to mesh, to synergize a bit better, I do think that pecking order could have been in place with Jimmy as yep. the alpha dog, Cat, yep. then Wiggins as the number three. Like, look at Wiggins this year in Golden State with lower expectations. He had a pretty good year, all things considered. So, like, that's a good situation for him. Him being the number three or a number four is good. The question is, can D'Lo fully adjust to being the number three? But I'm just saying, after six years in the league and only one playoff appearance, and by the way, it was a quick playoff appearance. They won his Brooklyn Nets team one game in that series. They were done in five games first round. So it's on D'Lo to adjust. But do I think he's matured at least enough to come to the realization with others in his ear to tell him, hey, D'Lo, you're going to have to take a back seat to some extent. You've got your money. You know, you're getting paid. Yep. You know, you got that You got that max money. And you can still earn more money. You're still going to get paid on another contract. And, hey, if you win here, the Wolves are going to extend you and pay you. A lot of money, maybe more than you could get on the open market. Did I think D'Lo gets to that point, Judd, where he realizes, okay, this is Ant's team. Ant is the the face of the franchise. Let's roll with it that way. All right. From from the uh, prospect of, of the Wolves finally improving to across the street, Target Field. What can you tell us about a team? And here's so here's my bottom line that is frustrating me beyond belief with the twins right now. Where's the accountability? This start, I mean, this is, it's not a start. This season's a disaster. This team had expectations. Um, they look lifeless. They look joyless. They are, um, they are not depleted beyond belief. A lot of teams have lost guys. Like right now, Doogie, they don't have Buxton and Kepler. Okay. The White Sox put, what, 16 on them last night without three key guys. So don't give me this, oh, they're hurt, it's been terrible. Um, What's your sense of what might take place here? Because I just don't see how they can come to work every day for in perpetuity and be like, well, yeah, it's just a tough year, or we're sorry, we thought we'd, you know, 
that at some point does not work. And the bottom line fiscally is this. They have finally have fans back. Good luck with that. Like you went a whole year and they were fantastic in the pandemic shortened season last year at home. They were absolutely great. And now they're back and they're awful. And, and this whole thing of, well, now we're going to X amount of capacity. Got news for you right now. It don't matter. I mean, fans aren't fans aren't going to show, nor should they show. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I mean, certainly best of luck selling tickets to September home games. But even in July and August, enough people will be excited to get back to the ballpark. It still is a wonderful venue to watch a game. The Gray Duck, you know, area up there in, well, Chad in Greenway left blog. field. Yeah. Our guy well, Greenway. I was, I was with Chad recently, yeah. So, yeah, shameless plug for, He's good for my guy Chad. He is good people. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Chad. Yeah, and, and his oldest daughter, Madden. Well, it's just entering, well, just finishing her seventh grade year, entering eighth grade. Mom and grade dad, not too year. bad at sports, Doogie. Mom oh, ran no, track Jenny, at Iowa. Jenny yeah, did. Yeah, She's yeah, an outstanding she was, athlete. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just saying, and, and all of his daughters, four daughters, but the oldest will be able to name what college he plays basketball Ooh, at. Good That's for her. Good. That's how good Madden is. But yeah, it's still a great place to, to watch a game. Yes. But you're right. I mean, best of luck. In selling tickets, Judd, I don't know. Like, okay, let's let let's say they announce later today that Rudy Hernandez is fired as hitting coach, co-hitting coach. Mm-hmm. Does that does that really does that do much? Well, here's the okay, and he's a co-hitting coach. So, do you need to blow up both hitting coaches? One is yes, you do, but but it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm not saying I'm not convinced that, is, that that does a whole lot. I'm not. Saying, I'm not saying it's it's the right or wrong okay. move. Here's my take. I, I, I don't. I don't think you need to fire the hitting coaches. Here's my today take. to send a message. You have to identify and look. We know nothing. Fans, media, we know nothing. We have no access to their clubhouse. We know nothing. But something is off. I'm convinced. I, I'm n- not sure what your scoopage, spidey senses tell you, Darren. But my senses tell me something's wrong here. Um, you have to identify it and get it out of there. Like, and if it's a player, he should be gone tomorrow. Uh, if it's a coaching thing, it needs to be addressed. But there are there has to be something. And by the way, I'm not saying this for the fans. Yes, they yes they would see the accountability, and I appreciate that. But I'm saying this for the team. Like, there has to be accountability. Everybody can't keep coming to work, business as usual, and this can't continue. So I don't know what's up, but something's up here, and it needs to be at least addressed. It might not fix it, but it needs to be addressed. Well, okay. Let me throw out a bit of a hypothetical. But it is a specific name. But just to combat what you just said, Mm -hmm. what if I told you that Josh Donaldson was a pain in the ass? He's got two more years after this year, at $23 million per year. So how do you solve that conundrum? I, what if I told you that Miguel Sano is a pain in the ass? I tell you what I do. I go to Jim Polad and I say, we made a terrible mistake, but we're fixing it today. Wow. See you later. Bye. I mean, look at Dukes. They're the worst team in baseball. They're off the track. I get that. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. Rocco Baldelli, as great as he was in 2019, especially, okay, has never struck me as a guy who is who is was made to deal with a crisis situation like this. He's your manager. He can't fix it. 
He allowed in 2019, the last time that we were allowed in that clubhouse full time, it was abundantly clear that he allowed the clubhouse and Nelson Cruz to a large degree to police the clubhouse. Rocco had almost nothing to do with that. That worked and it was awesome and that was great. But right now, I'm convinced something is going on behind the scenes and Rocco can't fix it. Somebody has to step in and fix it. Well, I'm not disagreeing with you that that something is up. I just don't have the exact answer on on how to fix it. What I would do sooner rather than later is I would be aggressive in shopping all pending free agents. Oh, absolutely. Make those trades now. Maybe the return is better now compared to July 28th, Yep. right? So if somebody wants Hansel Robles, you make that trade today. If somebody wants Michael Pineda, you make that trade today. If somebody wants Jay Happ, Maybe it's a National League team. Maybe an American League team says Not for last we night. can't have him start against the White Sox in October. Yeah, you know. But if somebody wants Jay Happ, you make that trade today. Nelson Cruz is a pending free agent. Andrelton Simmons is a pending free agent. I would aggressively shop all those guys. That would be maybe the first message that I would send. Everybody sure. is looking for bullpen help right now. They could get something today for Hansel Robles. He had a bunch of teams, including some contenders, that had interest in him before he signed with the Twins. He's on the hook for only about $1.5 million the rest of the season. Get a decent prospect today for Hansel Robles. And, oh, by the way, if you asked me today, who's the reliever I trust the most to get me three outs in the ninth inning? It's Robles. But at this point, you're right, Judd. I mean, the next closest team is two wins in front of them. We're 39 games into the season. They are 13 games under 500. None of us saw this. So I get it. I I understand that something needs to happen. You know, I I hope it's not something stupid like them throwing at, you know, a member of the White Sox tonight after, you know, Mercedes took that whack in the the ninth inning last night. They put us Because guess what? You know what? You made a mockery of the situation putting Ostadio in. What do you expect Mercedes to do? Like, come on. Right, they weren't and, upset, know, right? Roy Smalley's entitled to any opinion he wants. He was just he was flat out wrong on on the telecast. I don't have a sense that the Twins are pissed off okay. about that. But if we see tonight, better not. You know, if we see a Twins pitcher throwing purposely at a White Sox batter, give me a bleep and break on on something like that. But like Judd, they're not good in any area, right? Like you can't Correct. point to maybe infield defense, I guess. But like when you talk about the bullpen, the lineup, uh, the starting pitching. They're not good in any one area. This is a complete train wreck. But I'm not to the point of firing Rocco after he's won back-to-back fi- division titles. They're not firing. Even though you're right, he's not He's not conditioned no. to handle a crisis. I get that. But I'm not quite sure a lot of managers. And they're not going to fire him. To they're, handle a crisis. And no, no, no. They're yeah, not, they're not firing. It's not happening. They're not firing Rocco. And I told you, going back to that loss in Oakland, that there was, there was some frustration in the front office it wasn't second guessing. It was guessing, first guessing at the time. Why did sure. you take Josh Donaldson out of that game? So uh, there's been some butting of heads, the front office and Rocco. But no, they're still they're still fine. Rocco isn't going anywhere. And I'm just telling you, Judd. You know, we don't have to agree on this, but I just don't think if they announce the firing of Rudy Hernandez later today, I just don't think that really changes anything. I really don't. I think you got to do something. I think you have to do something. And it's fine. You know what? Start trading guys right now. That's fine, too. I just don't think you can continue to show up. I, I mean, that's where I'll, I'll side with the frustrated fans. 
because they want accountability from somebody, from something. Like, are the twins even there? You know, we we hear occasionally. I, I think I think Thad talked a couple of weeks ago and said, "Yeah, we're as surprised as you guys are by by this. Don't really know what to do right now." It's like that's not an answer. I mean, Thad's a smart dude, but that's not an answer. And and you know, Rocco's now on Zoom apologizing and saying things like, "Yeah, I mean, it's tough on us too," and blah. But somebody has to have an answer, and I feel like there has to be an accountability of some sort. I don't care exactly what that that is at this point because the season's down the toilet. But this feels this feels like such a drop in my confidence from these guys are pretty good to are you learning anything from this? And by the way, your team does look lifeless. Like they're not. Yeah, well, I don't. 16 yeah, spot last. That. A 16 spot last night, I would have fired somebody. I And you know what? I don't care if if some of the public loves it and some don't. But the player, I mean, players in that clubhouse, especially to me, the young ones, have to understand that there's going to be an accountability. Because Dukes, I'll go back to, and this is the Rocco problem, 2019. When our guy, Rosario, would do all that stupid crap, right? And if you remember, there was one day, there was one night at Target Field, he hit a fly ball to right field. It looked like it was going out. And so he watched it. It hit the wall. And I think he got thrown out at second. And I specifically asked Rocco the next day, I said, is there like an account of, like, do you do something there? And he's like, well, we talked to him. And, but I mean, it wouldn't help to bench him and blah. And I was like, but when things are going well, that's awesome. That's fine. But right now, Everybody is doing whatever they want to do, and I think that's a problem. I don't think the front office, unfortunately, at this moment, has answers. Like, let's deconstruct this, Judd. You thought they would win, what, 96 games? 96 games. I had them at 90, you know, so I thought they would be division champs. You certainly thought they would be division champs. Where did it go wrong? Like, I didn't disagree with them not re-signing Trevor May, who's been great in the Mets' bullpen. But, like, I'm not a big believer in paying a reliever $7.5 million a year. They did not make Trevor May a contract offer. The only team that did was the Mets. He signed with the Mets. But I'm just telling you, on the surface, I didn't have a problem with that move. They tried to get Marcus Simeon. He chose the Toronto offer instead. If they had Simeon instead of Angleton Simmons, I still think we're talking about a team that's 12 or 13 games under 500 at this point. So, like, I'm trying to deconstruct. They wanted Corey Kluber. If they had Corey Kluber instead of Jay Happ, yeah. would they be any better? I don't think so, but they made Corey Kluber one heck of an offer. He happened to choose the Yankees' offer instead. They made Kirby Yates a really nice offer before he chose Toronto. He's out for the year, right? They ended up signing Colome, but if they had signed Yates, that would have been a disaster. They tried to get a a little-known reliever, John Brebbia. If they had John Brebbia in their bullpen right now, they still would stink. So I'm just trying to figure out as we deconstruct well, this thing, going back to last winter, yep. what were the exact what were the exact missteps? I think I've got it, and I, I don't think it goes back to I don't think it goes back six months. I think it goes back three years, and it's this: Where are all of the young arms? The Cleveland model, Dukes, the Cleveland Indians unbelievably look at what they do they trade away their their best pitchers because they've got guys to replace them they've got Bieber and Plezak and a list of guys Savali right um so I don't think this is anything to do with with what transpired in the winter 
I think this has to do with Derek Falvey was hired because there was a blueprint from Cleveland of which you just needed him to steal part of it, not the whole thing. And the last two years, my man, we have had Homer Bailey and Rich Hill at the end of the rotation, and now Jay Happ and Matt Shoemaker. That's where the problem is. That's where it lies. Where are all the, where are three more Alcalas in the bullpen? So I, I don't think this is a recent problem of you didn't sign the right guys. I think this is a problem of, hold on a second, we thought that you had this blueprint and we're watching Shoemaker and Hap, and Alcala's still treated with kid gloves. But beyond that, you're bringing in, who's the guy that they brought in last night who got ha- hammered again? Well, Derek Wall got hammered last yeah, night. Yeah, that's, that's who I'm thinking of. But that's I think that's the problem. That's the flaw, and that's what well, I would want answers to. Yeah, and that's fair. Now, just to play devil's advocate to some extent, last year was such a pig bleep, hmm? right, with, with these arms not getting actual work in that that that's where some of that development got sidetracked. Injuries certainly don't help. Bala, is it pronounced? Jordan is his first name. Balazovic. I think it's oh, Balazovic. Balazovic. So he but threw 95 in his bullpen session the other day. A yep. little bit of a back issue, a little bit of an oblique issue. Yep. He's close to returning to game action, but he's not there yet, right? But at some point, Jordan, and I'm pretty sure, Judd, it's Balazovic. Okay. I can double-check that. But, like, he is going to help them at some point. Now, realistically, at this point, it's next year, not this year. But that's a name to know. Duran, right? But he's been injured. Mm-hmm. Cantorino has a chance to help them. A lot of Twins fans saw him in some of those spring training games. Is he up to double A yet? If he's not a double A, he's on the cusp of going to double A. He's at high A. He was a second-round pick, a college kid, a couple years ago. They can move him quicker through the system. Whether he's a starter or a reliever, we can have that debate. They've been starting him, stretching him out. But could he help them? Maybe more so than Sean Anderson or Derek Law right now in the bullpen? He probably could. Josh, is it Winder or Winder? I, I don't know the pronunciation the of his last Winder. name. Yeah, Winder. Okay, so I think he has a chance. Maybe not as, you know, a number two or a number three. Maybe he's more a number four or a number five. But okay. I think he has a chance. So they, they do have some guys. To say that they don't have any would be would be asinine. But, yeah, there is something to be said. But they're not here. About the development of, of you know, all these arms and Derek Falvey being a pitching savant. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, where where are these guys. So I think, I think that's, that's plenty fair to, to, to say. And, you know, you think about the next couple of years, Kansas city's only getting better. When you look at their system, the white Sox are not going to slow down. You pitching. mentioned how the Indians develop pitching. I had a conversation with, with Sam Henches, the Mountain View high school grad a couple of weeks ago. Now he got, he got beat up last night. He started for the Indians in a game at the angels struggled last night, but Sam is another one of those arms. And like he told me, the Indians just have that magic sauce. Like their coaches are so damn smart. Even when they lose a guy or two, that knowledge is rubbed off on others. He goes, they're just so brilliant. Just all the things they've taught me. This was Sam Hentges talking. So the Indians are still going to produce arm after arm year after year, as long as that infrastructure is in place. The Tigers, you know, they've had enough high draft picks the last couple of years. So maybe at some point, maybe they're more two years away, but at some point the Tigers are going to jump up too. So, like, you start looking at the landscape of the division over the next couple of years, if you're a Twins fan, like, there might be more reason to be pessimistic 
over the next couple of years than looking at the outlook for the rest of this year, as sad as that sounds. Uh, go for scoopage. What do you got there? Well, I was with, yeah, I was with Parker Fox, the Matamidi High School grad, yesterday at his house. So, unfortunately, the, the Gophers forward, one of the best players last year in Division Two at Northern State in Aberdeen, South Dakota, he tore his ACL so, and his meniscus, left knee. So that's a six- to nine-month rehab. He underwent surgery three weeks ago today. In all likelihood, he is going to miss next season. He'll still have two years of eligibility thereafter, but he was penciled in as the Gophers' starting power forward. Toward how? He was going to play 30-something minutes a night or 28 minutes a night, and now he's out for a long time. Just a really unfortunate injury for Ben Johnson's team. Pickup game or what? Yeah, well, he said he was – it was a workout. Yeah, it sounds like it was a pickup game where he went up like he always does. He can leap out of the gym. I mean, he's got a 40-something-inch vertical. Yeah. Unbelievable athlete, and he just landed awkwardly. And he knew. I mean, you know, he could feel something right away, went in for the MRI. You know, the results confirmed, you know, his initial thoughts. So he's still on crutches. He's got the brace on. But, yeah, Parker Fox is going to be out for a while. That's why Ben Johnson is on the lookout, not for one forward, but for multiple you know, power forward slash center type. Sterling Manley of North Carolina, the transfer, is very much on Ben Johnson's radar. Steph Mitchell, the graduate transfer from Boston College. He's from Shakopee. I think the Gophers can land him. He's going through the pre-draft process right now, but he's a good player. He was a good player the last couple of years in the ACC, mm-hmm. really even going back to his freshman year. So if the Gophers can land Steph Mitchell, that would be good. They lose Brandon Johnson yesterday. He's going home. He's from Chicago, so he's playing for DePaul. But that Gophers men's basketball roster is seriously depleted. It's going to be a long season. I still say, let's give Ben Johnson the 2022 recruiting class before formulating strong opinions about his recruiting acumen, about his coaching chops. Let's give him a good year. But I'm just, I'm warning Gophers fans, don't expect much this upcoming year. Is Booth Gotch gone or not? Well, that's a weird one. Uh, He's been really good to me. I've texted him multiple times just asking if he's ready to talk. He hasn't gotten back to me. One of his former mentors who still is trying to stay close to Booth is now out of the picture. Uh, You know, you hear different rumblings. Uh, At this point, he's in the portal, so it's more likely than not that he's going to land elsewhere. But it's a really, really awkward situation with a lot of silence right now and so, you know, hearing a lot of second and third hand stuff, I don't necessarily want to spew sure. all those details right now, but I have reason to believe that he's looking to get out of the state of Minnesota. Interesting. So who is back? One guy, is that right? Yeah, Isaiah Enan. Yeah. Incredible. It is incredible. And that's why I would have hired Ed Conroy. You know, and and to keep Robbins. I get it. Dave Thorson was always Ben's guy. And so you hire Dave, who's an older aged Caucasian male that then hiring Ed Conroy, an older-aged Caucasian male, it might have been tough in this environment having two older Caucasian males on your staff. Right. So I understand the reasoning and the logic, but I would have kept Ed Conroy. I would have dealt with any backlash that would have associated with with such a move, where if you keep Ed, who low ego, Ed wanted to stay. He's on now the Vanderbilt staff with Jerry Stackhouse. But I can tell you, I know for a fact Ed Conroy wanted to stay. He worked with Ben previously, you know, so Ben knows enough about Ed. There's no hard feelings there, mm-hmm. uh, but I would have kept Ed on staff to keep Liam Robbins. 
Final scoops. What else you got in the notebook? You know what? I wrote a few things down. My photographer, who was at Minnesota United practice, so for the first time in 14 months, we had access to, to the loons practice today. Nice. Had to mask up, you know, but they're outside, you know, so I'm glad they invited us. Uh, my photographer texted saying, no rain, no so at United practice today, but they don't play for 11 days. Yeah. It's nothing to worry about. Adrian Heath told our photographer some other media uh, post-practice. It's nothing to worry about. With, with the next match against Real Salt Lake in 11 days, he had the day off. He's just been dealing with some some nagging injuries. Maintenance but, day. You know, arguably one of one of you know the Loons' best players. But I'm telling you, nothing nothing to worry about. Okay. John Anderson, will he be back for our 41st year as Gophers baseball coach? So, in somebody's words that that is close to John, the ball is now in Mark Coyle's court. So the Gophers made a, an offer. Uh, John, his people responded. They're now waiting for the rebuttal from from the Mark Coyle side. I don't know how that thing's going to play out. Interesting. There's there's some things to figure out there. So hmm. it's far from a lock that John Anderson is back wow. as Gophers baseball coach next season for a 41st year. His contract is up this summer. Okay. What else did I write down? Ryan Kerrigan we saw went to went to the Eagles. The Vikings had a conversation with his camp, but they never got to the point of making an offer. So, you know, we can talk about – you know, the Vikings kicking the tires on some of these guys. But until you make an offer, right. I'm not quite sure interest is all that serious. So they never made Ryan Kerrigan an offer. My understanding, Judd, is so many veterans are over at TCO Performance Center right now. I don't have the full list, but, you know, Adam Phelan's over there. Dalvin Cook is over there. Justin Jefferson it's a lot, yeah. is over there. It's a lot of guys. Harrison Smith, who's entering the final year of his contract, he is over there. Anthony Barr is over there. A lot of guys are over there. Now, I suppose the big one is, is Daniil Hunter over there? I'm awaiting word on that. My understanding, though, is he's in town. So if he's in town, yep. I guess it would make some sense for him to be over there. I still think eventually, Judd, they take care of him, that they give him a raise for this upcoming year. Agreed. Thank you, sir. Great stuff. And we'll talk to you on Thursday with Mackie, okay? All right, Judd. Take it easy. See you, Declan. All right. Thanks, dudes. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.